Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post Institute. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder, coming at you live with another episode of Post Daily Dose. I'm not sure what's going on with my little... It's like my little mohawk right here in the middle. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing wonderful today uh, here in America. Most everybody had a holiday yesterday, being Memorial Day, and so an extended weekend, and lots of people traveling, and if you are in the category of traveling, I hope that's going well or went well. Um, I was uh, reading a post from a really good friend of mine. Um, she was just talking about how uh, one of her sons in particular, um, really struggles with with traveling like just the whole big oh huge transition of getting everything together and getting out the door and um you know a history of traumas that were related to traveling and you know being put in a car and then taken to some place they didn't know where they had to stay and so if you are traveling for the holidays um, or if you've been traveling with the holiday weekend or you have summer plans to travel, uh, just know that, that that can be tricky for some people. It can be tricky for some kids, some adults. For anybody, it can be tricky. It's a big transition. I know anytime I travel, I get really, I'm like a pre-stressor. So I get really anxious and stressed out about getting everything packed up and making sure I didn't forget anything. And you know, I want the whole house to be clean. I want all my work to be done. I want everything to be like perfect. I don't know why, but that's my thing. So my topic tonight, when we stress, we regress. I want to talk about that a little bit. I know um, I've had a few people comment we've, when we've had graphics that were about that. Um, when we stress, we regress to a younger, sort of a younger emotional age. Uh, Brian uses the term trauma barrier. Um, I've heard that term, uh, terms similar to that, regressing to places where there have been traumas in the past that have not had resolution, where there, where there hasn't been resolved. Those become sort of um, ages emotional ages that we might drop into uh, in times of stress. So it's not intended as an insult and it's not something like I would never say to my child, you're acting like a two-year-old or act your age, not your shoe size, or I would never say any of those things. But it is helpful to have that knowledge and to understand what it is that's going on because when we understand things differently it helps the position of our heart and our the position of our heart then will really literally dictate everything that's coming after that like our facial expression our timing our intensity our tone of voice all those things and so um part of this message today is coming from a very recent experience within my own house of some emotional regression um, and the beautiful thing the beautiful thing is that it's really an opportunity it's just a beautiful opportunity to pour love <laughs> into those places where there have been wounds and to help create some resolution it's an opportunity especially if 
it's a reaction to a trauma. Well, either way, whether it's a reaction of trauma that happened on your watch, so to speak, or if it's a reaction to a trauma that happened at a different time in life when maybe you weren't the caregiver, it's still an opportunity. It's an opportunity to say, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry I made that mistake. I'm sorry the grown-ups in your world weren't able to take care of you differently at that time. I'm so sorry. I see your hurt. I feel your hurt. I'm here. I'm here. You're not alone. You don't have to go through this alone. I'm right here with you, baby. And so um, a lot of times we can be allergic to those emotions, to anything. We can be allergic to any emotion other than fine. We can be, you know, we get allergic when they cry. We get allergic when they're sad. We get allergic when they're angry. It's like, if they're not just okay and fine all the time, we struggle with what to do with upset emotion because we've not had much training in that. In our culture and in our raising, most of us, if you are Oh, I'd say probably 35 and older, and that's just being very general. Most of us were raised where our upset emotions weren't tolerated. We were sent away. We weren't permitted to have upset feelings. We weren't permitted to be disappointed. We weren't permitted to cry. We weren't permitted to express anger. All of that, we were either punished for it or we were sent away to our room with it. And so we don't have a lot of, uh, our window of tolerance hasn't been built around how to be present, just to simply be present with our own feelings, <laughs> much less with somebody else's. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't had much training in that either. And so here's a very interesting paradox that I have, like, that it's just mind, it's blowing my mind, like, as I speak. So if you follow our page, you've heard me talk about some of my own history. Oops, sorry. I just, oh, oh, I just dropped you on your head. Can I get us back? <laughs> sorry about that. So, um, you know, it's probably been about six years ago or so now I went through some pretty significant depression. And so that means it affected my daughter too. Yeah, because darkness will affect people like that. And so I set the thermostat in my home. Uh, I, am, I went through about, it was probably about three years of really being pretty depressed. You know, we were functioning. We were functioning. We were going through the motions of life. We were doing the basics, but there wasn't a lot of emotional connection. There wasn't a lot of joy. Um, it was just a really rough time. And that darkness um, affected my daughter. But here's something, because she's always had the experiences of having people be present with her upset feelings, she just rode the storm out with me. And so she's having some of those experiences now, her healing, her ability to feel those feelings, the feelings that she has and to express them, you know, it's a piece of the healing. And so, um, so interesting last night, I felt that internal angst, like the desire to somehow try to make everything okay. Like I felt it, I felt it come up and I was like, man, that is rough to wrestle with that. So I'm just going to wrestle with that for a minute. 
I'm going to recognize it. I'm going to acknowledge that I suddenly am feeling a little uncomfortable with those sad feelings that she's having. But man, she just rode that out with me. You know, she just was able to allow it and continue with her life. And I was like, she, what a beautiful model. Because she never had anybody tell her not to feel that. She, you know, it wasn't a thing. And so... It, it's almost like my modeling that to her um, then has given her permission to model it to me. And now I get to model it back to her that we can live in this space of existing together where we can tolerate the, the hurt and the sorrow and how it comes up and how it presents itself. And so it's been an opportunity to go deeper into healing, healing for both of us. But um, we're in a phase right now of her healing. And so with that, there comes some upsets. There comes, you know, it can be tearful. There can be sorrow. It can be, um, it, sometimes it's anger, frustration. You know, it just comes out with all, all different faces. And so, um, you know, I know sometimes, I know it can be really, really hard sometimes. Especially if it manifests with aggression and um, like at, at that feeling where they're, you feel like they're trying to intentionally hurt because they're hurting. And so in their hurt and they lash out in those ways where they're, it feels like they're intentionally trying to hurt. I know it can be really, really, really tough and really messy. It can be really tough and really messy. Healing is such a process like that though it's that is the process of healing is when we have the ability to respond to those outpourings differently every time we respond differently we're actually creating a change at the brain level um i'm thinking i'm thinking it's in the book from fear to love and brian talks about when we handle those situations with love when when there's big upsets so let's say we come from a place where big upsets mean abandonment big upsets mean punishment big upsets mean abuse uh, and then when big upsets happen in the future and, and and we then handle it with love we handle it with comfort or we handle it by matching that emotion by connecting but not in an aggressive way we're actually creating a new blueprint at the brain level we're helping to create a new neurological pathway for what to expect so if i get upset for our children let's just look at it from that perspective for our children if we get upset and that upset keeps being handled in this loving way, then that is creating, slowly but surely creating a new pathway with regards to upset emotion. If we handle the upset with aggression, then that's the blueprint that's being created. And so you're actually creating a blueprint that has underlying elements of comfort that your feelings are okay, that you don't have to be alone and be upset. You're not going to be abandoned in your upset feelings. And so um, I know the work that you guys are doing 
day in and day out in parenting, it's big work. Oh, it's big work when we're, we're parenting children who come from tough places. It's really big work. And it's literally changing. I mean, you're literally, it's like, you know, it's like you're being a, um, it's like being a brain scientist, you know, it's like being a neurosurgeon without knives and scalpels. You know, we're affecting neurons, we're affecting hormones, we're creating more oxytocin. It takes time. It takes time, positive loving relationships over time. And then those spaces when there's eruption and maybe we blow it, maybe we blow our stress all over and we apologize, that repair, that repair is so magical. It's so magical for the relationship because then it gives permission that when your child, when they lose it, then they have a framework to be able to come back to you and say, I'm really sorry. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just lost it. And I know, you know, in the losing it, in the moments when they're really losing it, I know how it's hard. It's scary. It's messy. Like it feels like, you know, like I said, it feels like that intent of hurt, you know, that's a real thing. And like, oh, we want our babies to love us and feel the love that we have for them. But then all that, yeah, right? Ah, oh. but when we can really stay that course and that staying the course doesn't mean being perfect. You know, it means that we just keep showing up as loving as we possibly can. We show up as loving and consistent as we possibly can. When we screw up, we apologize. We try to do better. We try to have our self-care. We try to be present for them. We try to see what their needs are, and we're trying to meet them. But when we screw up and apologize, it's also modeling for them that we're just human. We're just human too, you know? And then they come, and they say, God, Mom, God, Dad, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that I yelled and screamed and threw things and that I tore stuff up. I'm sorry I did that. And then you can love them in their place of being sorry to help remove the shame because they have such deep blueprints of being ashamed. And so healing is like the wash and rinse and repeat of this. You know, we, I know it feels like we do it over and over and over again. And I know we're like, when are they going to, you know, when are the explosions going to stop? And I'm going to guess that for most of us, if we had people that were outside the bubble, then they would be able to tell us, look, you can't, it's like weight loss, right? You don't really notice that you're losing weight until you try on those old clothes and you see they're bigger. Well, it's the same thing. We don't always realize that there could be a slight shift in the intensity. There could be a slight shift in the, uh, in the duration. There could be a slight shift in the frequency. There could be a slight shift in the things that are triggers, but because we're in the bubble, we don't always see the progress that's happening. My experience, thank God I have that frame of reference of time. I have so much time in this model. So many people that I've seen parented from this model, people who are now young adults who were little bitty children whose parents used this model and they're flourishing. They're flourishing in their own creative, unique ways. And so I want this to be about hope. 
And I want this message to be about understanding. Dorothy says, yes, I forget to appreciate the progress. Well, it's hard to appreciate the progress when you're in the thick of it. But there is. There is. And, I mean, I just want to come back and tell you guys, if I really thought that corporal punishment and time out and taking things away, if I really thought that that was going to be the avenue to create healing for our babies, then that's what I would be talking about. But I have seen the damage that that does. I've listened to adult adoptees tell about their experiences of feeling ostracized, of not feeling like they could be upset, of feeling like they always had to be perfect so that their parents could be okay. And so allowing our children to just be where they are, feeling how they feel, is going to grow into these emotionally intelligent adults. It's, it's a process. So hang in there. Hang in there. And if you've not already done so today, press pause on everything and give yourself five to ten minutes. And then go spend some time with your babies. And whatever that looks like with your family, it might be that you just snuggle in the bed for a few minutes. Or if you feel like you can play a game, play a game. If you feel like you can play pretend, play pretend. If you feel like you can take a walk with them, shoot some hoops with them, wrestle around and play tickle, um, cook something, create something. If you feel like you can do those things, those are their favorites. It's their favorite thing when they can lead in the activity and they can hear us saying things like, oh, that's such a creative idea. Man, I'm so impressed that you noticed that. You have such a creative mind. You're so inquisitive. I love your sense of humor. I love how you smile at people, and I know it just makes their day. Noticing very specific, unique characteristics and really pouring love into them. Remember, at any given moment, we can act out of our blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. We can take one to two to three deep breaths and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. God's grace with you and mercy. And we'll see you all tomorrow.